0: Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fisher of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome listeners to episode number 16 of the podcast with the one and only Sarah Arrow, who will be coming up a little bit later. But right now, Joe and I are thrilled to be here once again. And um, Sarah, with Sarah, you'll hear in our interview with Sarah, we chatted all about who are you marketing to. So we talked about your client avatar and thinking about who you're marketing to. And Sarah Arrow is all about content marketing and content strategy, blog in all its forms, anything digital content. So Joe, what kind of digital content are you working on at the moment?
1: you know this is such a real area of weakness for me i wish i could say that i was amazing at this i don't enjoy canva i don't enjoy these types of things so um i kind of procrastinate i have to be totally honest this is one area of my business that just always if i can push it out on what they call the long finger this is the area for me that is, I, I don't mind the blogging, and I'm getting a lot better at, at blogging. Um, but no this, is not, no, this is not an area of joy for me, shall we say. Okay, well, we're not talking here about social media. So just
0: because I know that's the bit that you really don't enjoy doing. Um, not that you can't do it, you just don't enjoy doing no, it. No, I don't. So, um, but we 're not talking here about social media marketing we 're talking about content marketing. So content can be anything. it can be a blog post, it could be a newsletter, and it could be those graphic images that people put out you know with uh, with quote quotes and motivational stuff, um, newsletters, blogs, and all of that kind of stuff but you 're right It's it 's not an easy thing to do now i 've been content marketing. Ever since I started, um, I started my training life when I first went freelance, I was called shellfish training and I had a very early website, which was hand coded, uh, built by somebody local to where I lived. And I, right from the beginning knew that I needed to have what we now call a blog, uh, but mm. it was called a blog then this was 2002. It wasn't called a blog at that time. I can't remember what we called it, but I said I must have somewhere where I can have an article every week. And every week I used to write a how-to article about something around Microsoft Office. Um, And actually that led to quite a nice client that I kept for for quite a number of years. Um, I wrote some um, posts, what I would now call a blog post about how to use Microsoft Office on Mac because I, teach on both Mm. I had a client call up and say when can you come and do the training because we need somebody to teach people how to use word and excel on the mac so I've been content marketing forever and anything that you put out there whether it's a tweet or an instagram post or a pinterest image it's all content Uh, and it's all it's all done with the aim of showcasing how you help your clients and why should they choose to work with you? You know, why should I choose to work with Joe over Jill, for example? And you've got to showcase that somewhere Uh, and and some kind of content marketing is is how we do it. Uh, This week, I'm going to be working on uh, a couple of blog posts for my own site, apart from I have a regular Thursday blog that goes out, but every so often I'll, I'll write some extra ones and fling them out there because um, you never know who's reading or who needs that information at that point of time. So, um, yeah, so
1: I do lots of content marketing. I'm just, I, I, it, it's one of those things where if you remember the old school report, must do better. <laughs> I, you know, it's it, it's not just the social. I'm I'm just not very good like probably a lot of people at just putting myself out there um and i must must do better yeah it's it's, it's, yeah it's
0: it's um it's a very british reserve thing uh, yeah. the british are very reserved about shouting about how wonderful we are and we can really make your lives better and i can save you so much time but you have to hammer that message home otherwise people don't hear it but anyway, let's go and get Sarah so that she can tell us off some more about <laughs> how much uh, we are, need to be doing. And listeners, make yourselves comfortable, breakneck speed, massively packed episode. Sarah has promised next time she'll let us get a ed- word in edgeways. So you've been warned. But it's mm-hmm. a brilliant episode and I'm going to hand it over right now to Sarah. Welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And this week, as our guest expert, we have the fabulous Sarah Arrow, who is all about blogging and marketing and all things online. She's a real guru. And I've been working with Sarah since I think about 2014. I think that's about the time that that we, we hooked up. So it's quite a long time. And Sarah has been immensely helpful to me in my business. And uh, I'm very excited to find out how she can help our VA community um, get, get on the blogging ladder and why they should get on the blogging ladder and how it's gonna help them Uh, With all the stuff that they need to do. So, Sarah, do you want to just tell everybody a little bit about yourself first? They know who you are, and then we'll we'll kick off. We'll see if we Joe's got any questions, and I'll I'll kick off as well.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah Arrow, and I do have a title. It's Creative Director at ContentNitro.co.uk, and co-founder of the Online Visibility Academy. But all of that kind of means nothing. It's there to impress the investors, which is my dog and my daughter and some <laughs> random cousin somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I actually do is help take websites and make them work better. And in a lot of cases, make them work at all because when you start your business as a VA, you get your website up and you think, fantastic, I've got my website up. All the leads are just gonna flood in. Everybody can find me. And now I will be minted. I will be beating off customers with a stick. I'm gonna be so rich from all of this. But a website isn't like having a shop where you open the doors and people walk past. It it doesn't work in the same way. You have to show people that you're there. And the easiest way to show people that you're there, and by people, I'm very specifically referring to the ones that are ideal, as in you love them, they'll love you, and you'll have an amazing working relationship. Now, for these people to find you, you have to know some things about them. And this is where it gets really, really interesting slash exciting slash, oh my gosh, I'm going to hang myself. Um, Because everybody out there in the marketing world says, it's you five years ago. Well, I know five years ago, Shelley, you were not a VA. No, well, I'm not a VA now, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So how can you market to you five years ago when you're not a VA and you're not that person maybe you hired the A's great but you are not who you were five years ago technology is not what it was five years ago and people do not have the same fears and issues that were about five years ago I can tell you right now we're in mid-lockdown well you're in Israel coming out of lockdown we're still getting over the queues at Primark and Vista Village so (laughs) (laughs) here we are talking about our ideal clients and right now our ideal clients are going through something that nobody has ever gone through five years ago this wouldn't have been imagined maybe oh I'm trying to count all the fingers on my hands and then some 17 years ago when I was still in the office if anyone ever coughed somebody would go sass like that under their breath so pandemic 17 years ago was actually quite common conversation but it's not common until this year it seems to have died out we had the swine flu and that was a little brief renaissance and we talked about that but people still went out went shopping still lived their lives now we've got a completely different set of fears and issues that our ideal clients have so if we're talking to them five years ago we're talking to an out-of-date version of them we're not talking to who they actually are and what they're experiencing right now our clients are potentially working from home yes they were working from home maybe to start with they've got their own business maybe to start with they have furloughed staff they've got their kids there that they're having to homeschool yeah. they've suddenly discovered that the wonderful little chihuahua that they adored is a yappy bitey thing that doesn't want to sit nicely on their lap in a zoom call you know <laughs> so all of their things are completely different the pandemic has turned everything upside down but the pandemic isn't a an unusual phenomenon as in no matter where you are in the world, there is something every year that stops you in your tracks, that makes you have to sit down and reevaluate. Whether it's something like a Black Lives Matter event, or there is a shooting, or an air raid, or something that's happening, yeah, there is things that go on and reevaluate. Now, if you happen to live on a border, the I'm struggling to think of one right now, I'm geographically challenged, so, you know, say you live on a border, over the road is another country and they happen to have a civil war every so often. You're going to have refugees come in. Now, if you're a VA that services people from this country, then you need to be aware that every now and again that that country has an influx of refugees now whilst that may not be a part of your everyday life it is a part of your clients everyday life that every so often it's all upended Mm -hmm. and you might not read that in the media and you may not see it online but that is the part of the reality and when you do your ideal client research you really have to go as deep as this Um, I had a client in Israel before Shelly. This was in two thousand and nine, and we were speaking actually on AOL Messenger. That's how long ago it oh was. Oh my gosh! That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said, "What's that noise?" Because there was this sort of siren slash intermittent siren, and he said, "Oh, he said that's telling us we've all got to go to a shelter because there's going to be shelling." Yes. God, and God. I'm like, oh. I've Okay, but <laughs> I hadn't done the research on my client to know that this would happen, that I would actually embarrass myself by not knowing something like this. So when you do your ideal client research, it is never you five years ago. Never ever is you five years ago. It is not even you three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> and that means... In building your ideal client avatar, in order to create your blog content and your website content that will attract them in, you have to speak to them. And that can be really, really frightening for a lot of people, myself included, and I actually do the speaking to part for lots of my clients. <laughs> and. One of the things that I've discovered is what people will tell you on Facebook and what people will say on LinkedIn is not always for you. It's for everybody else who's watching. What they say in private is completely different. So if you're building your ideal client avatar as a VA and you're thinking, gosh, I want to work for computer companies. I want to help people who have IT businesses do their little admin jobs and their virtual things. You have to talk to them. You have to ring them up and say, look, I would like to be a VA for your sector, but I know nothing about it. Could we have an interview? Can I ask you some questions? Can you tell me what your big trouble is? Now the problem with these interviews is once the VA or person who's conducting them gets into it, what they actually want to do is sell to the person on the other end. And you can't do that. You've got to you've got to listen and listen because in that listening is all of the things you need the language that they use. They might not refer to themselves as IT consultants. They may call themselves IT contractors. So if you write blog posts saying, if you're an IT consultant, you're missing by a mile. They're not going to click and read through because it's not them. So the little nuances is what makes you stand out and it's what connects you to your ideal client. And you also need to know things like, do they actually go to meetups? How do they let their hair down? Do they go to the bar after work still? I know when I was in corporate, that was a big thing. I also know now from my colleagues who are still working in corporate, that's no longer a big thing. So if I was talking to that audience and I said, oh, and after work, we all go out for a drink, there'd be, when did she last go to work? (laughs) You know, so it's the little things. It's it's never ever the big things that will trip people up. It's always the little tiny details. And whether you're working as a VA for IT contractors or a VA for IT consultants or a VA for IT trainers, (laughs) it's knowing the difference that makes you stand out. And it is that difference that you put into your content. Because if you start with just knowing the person, you can write directly to them. You can write them almost a virtual love letter. And I've written a blog post once where I spoke about, I spoke, gosh, where did I learn English? I talked about I know you know lots of words,
0: Sarah. I'm not worried. You're a very well-read person. You have a good command of language. I've seen your writing.
1: (laughs) In my article, I talked about coming home from work and as I opened the front door, I walked into the lounge and I stepped over some socks I picked a cup up off the floor and um, I turned the telly off because there was nobody in the room and then I opened the kitchen door and put my cup down and I undone the fridge and pulled out a bottle of wine and started pouring myself a glass and I had so many people message me and say, gosh that's exactly what I come home to every night and the answer is yeah I know I know because <laughs> And the research, <laughs> and you said to me very much, Do you know what I really hate about working away from home and commuting and being a working mum? Is coming home to find that the house is like a site, and I have to pick my way through all of the day's debris to get to the kitchen to get a glass of wine. Nobody ever says. Mum, do you want a glass of wine? In fact, when I walk through the door, they're nowhere to be found because they know it's going to be, clean up, put that sock in the bin, put that glass outside, you know. So when you create that kind of content and you know that level of detail about your ideal customer, you can incorporate it and really have people come back to you with a genuine connection. Now, I'm not saying you should write that with the intention of, hoodwinking people I'm saying you absolutely write it to show that you understand where they are and that is never you five years ago no no
0: I I know certainly in the work that we've done and and, uh, the blog posts that I've written and and you've looked over and suggested and advised on um, it's always about knowing i write writing for my va audience knowing the things that they're struggling with and writing the content that's going to help them get over whatever it is whether that's creating a sum in excel or knowing what's coming next with office so Mm -hmm. uh, totally totally get that and how do you think how um where where should so new va sets up and they've got their shiny new website so where do they start sarah how do they start doing that Ideal client kind of exercise? What should they be thinking of first?
1: Well, I think the thing with it is they should go and do their interviews and interview at least 10 people, ask people if they can record those interviews, and then listen for the consistencies. I did this for a client who was somebody who helped people generate more wealth. And then the idea of her mastermind was people who were generating more wealth would come along and learn about high level investing so i interviewed a slew of people who were professional women who were over the age of 35 who were looking to bump up their retirement and one of the things that i found that they were really interested in was art art as an investment Never crossed my mind, but I've actually got quite a lot of art as investment. I've got, um, I'm just trying to, the hands from the creation of Adam, sculpted in Pewter. I've got um, limited edition watercolours from various British artists. I've got about 10 of those. I've even got original Matthew Inman, who does the oatmeal. little things that you see I've got originals of him so I have artwork I wouldn't you know when you say art I think of Titian and the National Gallery actually (laughs) I have quite a lot of art I also have rare books limited edition books and things like that I'm just gonna look and see if I can put my hands out there we go Oh, I can't no, it's the my
0: background off. background now. gets in the way. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take it on uh, on trust.
1: <laughs> um, there you go. Okay. Repairman wow. Jack. There are only about 11 copies of this worldwide, probably less. Wow. And it is a graphic novel. And the author is F. Paul Wilson. And this little book cost me 25 dollars but it's probably worth about 500 dollars. wow so how did you get into that oh i love the author in that case
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> i've um tell you a funny story about graphic novels when when we finished mm.
1: yeah so when you talk about investing there's a lot of talk about bitcoin and you know making money using bitcoin but from my research a lot of women choose to invest in art and it wasn't until i was having these conversations that i realized that i was also one of those women (laughs) (laughs) that was where my investments were and it's quite a common thing i gave the information over to the client and she's like i want to talk about bitcoin (laughs) okay you want to talk about bitcoin fantastic talk about bitcoin but understand that you're missing your ideal client well i think you've done your research wrong not the recordings (laughs) you know in some of them i even said what about bitcoin and they're like i don't understand it i have no interest at least i can look at the art (laughs) and it's those little things that make a difference to you as a VA. So talk to your ideal clients. Don't pitch them anything. You'll find them on LinkedIn. You can do a search on LinkedIn. And you can find them and you can have a conversation with them. Ask permission if you can record it and then thank them for their time. Ask them all kinds of questions about their business. What areas are they struggling? Where would they like to save time? What's stopping them from outsourcing? What do they need to know to give their work over to a VA? And quite often the things are, I don't know how to hire a VA. Of course, that's a general thing. Mm. So have that on your website, but don't make it the focal thing. And then you have the... How do I know if my VA is working? Again, that's a standard thing. Most VA's know how to answer that question. But there will be other things, other little nuances that are unique to that specific industry. So if you decide that IT contractors are your people, you can speak their language. And you won't get tripped up. You won't accidentally call them an IT consultant and insult them. You won't call them an IT trainer and insult them further. You won't ever mix them up or refer the wrong client because you have a much deeper understanding. So once you've got that information, the next phase is to incorporate it into your content. And the first place you should start isn't your homepage. It's your about page. Now, the about page, uh, I, I don't know why they call them about, because everybody wants to write their CV and paste it up here. That's what LinkedIn's for. Here on your website, your about page is actually about that ideal client and how you, the person, helps them. And you would say, hi, I'm Sarah and I help and be very specific about who you help. So you would say, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a virtual assistant for IT contractors. I help them lead a stress-free and hassle life when it comes to their paperwork. And then I would say underneath that maybe three or four bullet points, never worry about your receipts again. Bundle them up in an envelope and post them to me. I deal with all of that. And then they're there sitting thinking, gosh, I've got a desk drawer full of them." full of receipts. I'll stick that in an envelope and send them to her, right? Because that may have been something that's come up in the conversation. And all of a sudden that out that about page isn't about the person, although it is. It's about the customer and the connection there. And they feel, gosh, they really really know me. And then they want to pick up the phone and then they want to talk to you. because even though it is a virtual world, when you're about to make an investment in something, you want to talk to a human being. And lots of people think, why can't they just pay me? Well, would you pay a random stranger online? Well, actually, we would up to the tune of $27. And after that, we kind of have to know them a bit more. And as a VA, you're going to be looking at at least £27 an hour, some more than that some slightly less than that depending on where they are in their business so you're going to be looking at somebody to pay you a significant amount of money but they need to speak to you first so have your booking form and let them book in but the most popular way for vas to actually get the clients is not to actually send them through the booking form but to actually talk to them on the phone yeah. And I know that because I did the research. <laughs> yeah. And I would
0: imagine actually also, Sarah, when you're phoning people up and talking to them, just asking the questions, saying, look, I'm investigating this sector because I want to work with people and I want to really understand it, you probably might end up picking up some clients from that research because you're showing yeah. an interest in them.
1: Yeah, I would say it has to be led by the person you're interviewing because yeah, if of course saying, it's um, not a sales um,
0: call. Not a yes. circle, but they might put the phone down and afterwards they might think, oh, I enjoyed talking to that person and mm. they now understand me. I
1: think if this was me and I was a VA, I would send them a little card. Um, have I got a little card? Um, I've got a little postcard. Thank you. Hey, I'm all propped up today. And <laughs> I would send them a little card and say, Thank you so much for your time, I really appreciate it. Here's a coupon for 10% off. And if you know somebody who's looking for the VA, please would you give them this other coupon for them to have 10% off. And let me know that you've introduced them. And just that little act there, I can say, oh, I've got 10% off for a month or whatever it is, I'll give it a try. Or they could pass that on to somebody else. But they feel appreciated. And that's the main thing. And if you do a nice thing on your card, and this card isn't actually mine. It's from um, Love Layla Designs. I ordered a birthday card from them. And it's such a cute thing, I've not thrown it away.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah? And if you do something that's nice to feel, this is quite glossy and shiny. Uh, It's been proven in research that people don't throw away glossy and shiny things because they have an expensive feel to them, Yeah, Um, which is why any car brochure you ever buy will always feel like it costs like 100 quid to put together and is very heavy because then it feels important Mm. Mm. and nobody throws them. So if you send somebody a nice card that feels good, they're not going to throw it away. They're going to think of you. And if you ask for the referral on it, maybe split it into two with a coupon at the top and a coupon at the bottom for the person, then they're going to remember you and talk about you. And you can even, on your little note, you can say, if you're talking to a friend who is an IT contractor and they are saying they are struggling with x y and z they actually need me a virtual assistant would you make an introduction and if you tell them what to look for they'll look for it because human beings like to be told what to do Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely interesting (laughs) I find that very, very interesting. I've I've done a lot of work over the years on the ideal client, but and I've always been told they are you three or four steps behind. So that is a very interesting and and different way of looking at it. And it would never have occurred to me to pick up the phone and say to somebody, you know, or pre-arrange that to to do that research in that way. So that's a very interesting um, thought process there. that, that's really made me think a lot
0: There, I could see it on your face as you were, it was all going, like, going around, Joe. I, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. But also, also so you talk about you're selling to yourself five years ago. Um, if you were not in that market that you're trying to get into, how do you know anyway? You know, yeah. I'm not a VA, I've never been a VA, so I would never be selling to me in a billion years. I just happen to have spent a lot of time with VAs and Mm. had VAs work with me. So I understand what they go through, especially when I ask them to do something and they don't know how to do it. And then I have to show them how to do it. So I know where that comes from, but I wouldn't be selling to me um, if, and I suppose that might be the same for Mm. VAs as well, because you're not gonna know every industry that you try and get into. Mm. So uh,
1: yeah, research. Is important, to have an industry, an angle, or a niche. Niche for your American listeners. But it's niche because it's a French word and that's how it's pronounced. I'm sorry, little little bugbear. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> if you have that niche, it's how you stick in people's minds. Yeah. If you say, I'm a VA for IT contractors, it's very specific. If you say, I'm a VA... Um, i'm going to get l- lynched by every va on the planet it's a it's a bit like saying i'm a cockroach yeah and you kind of have to be a bit different you have to say i'm a flying cockroach and i'm gonna fly into steaks and barbecues if you haven't got a barbecue or a steak i'm not gonna fly into you right you you have to be real specific yeah, yeah? That doesn't mean to say, if somebody says to you, look, I'm not an IT contractor, I'm somebody who trains VAs, can you help me? That doesn't mean to say you can't say yes. It just means it's easier for you to be referred to. It's easier for you to get a foothold and it's easier for you to grow your business. And once you've got that foothold, you can expand out. One of the things that I was very, very certain was even though my husband had a transport company, I would never do any marketing for a transport company. (laughs) Not because of the competition, because they're all sexist pigs. I I don't want to have a client and, hello, darling, what are you going to tell me about blogging today? Go away, die, die, die. You know, that's not me. (laughs) Now, my husband can handle them like a dream, but I can't. Or rather, I don't want to. (laughs) You know, that part of my being talked down to and patronised and being told that I'm a nice little girly is gone out of my life. I'm over 40. It no longer is important. (laughs) When you have your niche, when you are very specific who you're helping, it's a wonderful thing. And when you decide who you're not helping, that is too very freeing. Because that means the content that you create going forward would talk very specifically to who it should and you can say at the bottom of your sales page or your recruiting page if you are a transport company don't even pick up the phone I will not talk to you yeah (laughs) being that specific helps you grow your business and When people say, oh, yeah, but I don't just help IT contractors, I help flooring contractors, I help building contractors. Okay, well, I guess you're going for contractors in general. Now you've just made it really hard to stand out amongst the crowd. Dominate one thing and then move into another. And when you've dominated that, move into another. And then have all three of them on your website. IT contractors, building contractors, flooring contractors. And when you've got all of those, you can then perhaps move to general contracting. But you have to master one thing first. And people don't seem to want to do that. They want to, well, domination. Yeah, but world domination, right? Rome didn't conquer the world by saying, hmm, bit bit wet outside today, I know what, I'll go and conquer Africa. They had to start with Gaul, which was a bit closer, and other places. They couldn't just march into Africa. And even when they did march into Africa, they got sent packing several times. They had to master and conquer the places closer to home, before they spread out for the european-wide domination yeah yeah i think also
0: to, to a certain extent also it's knowing your niche but also working out what which of the jobs that you enjoy doing so that you can do those the best of your ability and get referred on for those specific jobs so you can write about that quite quite from the art, can't you because that's mm. what you love doing mm. so that can also help
1: One of the things that I'm often told, which always leaves me laughing, and the reason it leaves me laughing is the person who's telling this particular piece of advice has never used it. (laughs) That is, you should never write a how-to article. You get told, if you write a how-to article, you're telling people how to do it. Well, yes, that's the whole purpose of it. But what do people search for? How to file receipts without losing them. Yeah, simple thing. Now, you can tell them, put them in an envelope in the drawer. Does that mean they will do it? No. Of course not. And, and the other thing with that, Sarah, is just because you tell somebody how to do it, it doesn't mean to say they want to do it. They may look at that, see your skill and experience and say, you know, I'm going to hire you to do it because I really hate it. Yes, that's exactly how it works. People look at that and they think, oh, well, if I'm telling somebody how to do something, I'm never going to have a job of course you are all the people that want to do it themselves will look at that and think you're blinking amazing i and then when they're talking about you they'll say oh go to joe brownie's podcast or go to joe brownie's blog she's got loads of tips exactly what you want there
0: i landed my first big client from a blog
1: Mm. i
0: uh, when i first started blogging in 2011 before i'd met sarah um, I had a how-to blog, that's all it was. And I'm one of the few IT trainers who teaches Office on both Windows and Mac. And I had a whole slew of articles about how to use Word on a Mac, how to use Excel on a Mac. Uh, and I had one person phone me up and she said, it wasn't, can you? It was, when can you come and train our staff? Because I know from your blog posts that you can. Yeah. Uh, and that turned into a client... A, of about oh gosh for about 10 years I worked with them Um, Mm -hmm. amazing so totally I I mean I have a lot of how-to articles on my blog um, and it just demonstrates your expertise I think as well exactly as Joe just said yeah Mm
1: -hmm. it is one of those things that if you are saying you are the best expert the best VA the best person for this job you have to show that you can't say I make the most amazing birthday cakes ever and never share a photograph of them. You, you have to take a picture and post it up and say, isn't this the best birthday cake ever? Yeah. The other thing is around language. You have to be careful. And when I say you have to be careful, um, me and Joe, I'm going to make the assumption you're British, British schooled. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And I know Shelley was partially British schooled and partially over in Israel. We have this thing about being really modest. Yes. Yeah. We can't say that we are simply the best or the most brilliant, because that's not the British way of doing things. Yes. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We have to say we're mildly competent at perhaps filing receipts. Yeah that is conducive to those receipts being received by the accountant. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. And that then leads into the imposter syndrome. So you do need to bang on that drum a little bit more about how good you are and use that language to say, I am good at rather than I might be good at this maybe next week. (laughs) Or well, I could. If you use any of the weasel words, the could or just or maybe, they all have to go out your content. Now, if you've got a website now, go over it. And every time you mention the word could, delete it. Every time you mention the word maybe, delete it. Yeah, your copyright is going to go mental. But you've got to take out the weasel words, the words that make you sound hesitant and the words that make you sound less than what you are. And that goes for probably other people, those that identify as introverts, those that identify with being modest, particularly if you grew up in a faith-based household, that they have modesty requirements. All of this flows through in your words, in your copy. So you say the very long, I could be the VA that you're looking for. Rather, yes, I'm the VA you're looking for. Send me your details here. And it really is uh, something you need to focus on in your content taking out the weasel words, taking out the modesty. And I'm not saying you should say you're the best at absolutely everything. I'm just saying you should describe yourself probably a little better than what you're doing right now. And when that feels comfortable, do it a little bit more. And then when you get comfortable with that, a little bit more. Yeah, I remember the
0: first time I had my CV written for me professionally and it was completely nothing like the CV that I would have written. It was all about, I am, I'm the best, and I've run this project, and I've run that. I mean, I would never have written it like that, but it it was brilliant because it, it did its job. Um, so I, I, you're absolutely right. Sarah, I think this has been the most fantastic episode. Um, it's been great fun, I knew it would be.
1: There's been so much there, and the little nuggets, um, you know, about language and that sort of thing. I think we've all got massive amounts from that yeah and I have to say it's really very lovely to actually sort of I know mean, virtually meet you um but I I've been following you since the birds on the blogs day I mean oh. <laughs> yes yes it's really nice when Michelle you said yes let's get Sarah Arrow on I thought great it's it's been interesting thank you very much so, Sarah, I how can you, talk blogging yet?
0: Yeah, we <laughs> no, no, but we've been going for nearly an hour, and I'm <gasps> out of time. We've had a brilliant time, and I mean, we can you can come back and we can talk blogging another day. But um, what I wanted to say is is how can people get in touch with you? Do you have anything specific that can help our VA listeners at the moment?
1: Well, come along and do the blogging challenge because firstly, it will blow your mind. Secondly, you will not believe. amount of content that you can create and thirdly it enables you to add a new service to your skills as in blog management you'll know how to optimize your blog posts. you will know how to create templated images you'll learn how to do keyword research you'll learn the tools that speed all of this up now this isn't aimed at just VAs this is aimed at people who have a website Because once upon a time, I did have a niche, but now I've expanded out. (laughs) Um, 750,000 people have been through the blogging challenge. Wow. Yes,
0: I've done
1: it it twice. (laughs) Yeah. And lots of people tell me they couldn't possibly write anything for 30 consecutive days. And the truth of the matter is, when you start with your content in the blogging challenge, it's not where you end up. What you start with thinking is as good quality content on day one. By the time you get to day 30, you'll be like, oh, that's so embarrassing. How could I have ever shared that? And all I can say is I'm very glad the internet's where I first blogged are not available. (laughs) Now, you can find me over at contentnitro.co.uk. You can have a look at the blogging tips there. You'll find plenty of how-to articles showing you how to do specific things. The number one, uh, the most trafficked article on my site is how to link your Facebook group to your Facebook page. I get around two and a half thousand visitors a day to that post. Wow. So I don't even have a product related to Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need one. Wow, that is an incredible amount of traffic. So I help a lot of people on a daily basis with the how-to posts. And I'm pretty sure if I had a product for Facebook, I could sell it off the back of that post. Yeah. But I don't like Facebook. <laughs> we won't tell them. <laughs> <don't> tell anyone. <laughs>
0: thank you so much we'll put links to all of those things on the web page so you'll be able you'll get a link to content nitro and a link to the blogging challenge so those things will all be on the web page which having a podcast is a brilliant way of also generating traffic Um, because it has upped the traffic to my website amazingly since we started just six weeks ago at the moment Um, and we're now recording our second set of 12 episode so we're doing really really well we're really thrilled and uh, and it's and it's great to have you i wanted to have you on right from the beginning but it didn't work out at the beginning so better late than never <laughs> okay. okay so thank you ever so much
1: and thank you for inviting me it's been wonderful and next time perhaps i'll let you both get a word in edgewise <laughs> lovely to listen lots of great tips for uh, us and the va community so it's brilliant thank you well joe that was a whirlwind of an interview absolutely um sarah has just so much energy and she is so incredibly positive and what great information and and knowledge sharing today yeah Yeah. i've known sarah for
0: a long time i think we touched on it in the interview Uh, I've worked with Sarah since 2014 when I first took the blogging challenge uh, and I've worked with her on a one-to-one basis for well for the last several years and she mentors me on my online marketing and her knowledge is just off the scale and um, what she'll look at something that you've done and she'll turn it round in seconds and make it hundred percent better so um it's great and she has promised that next time we interview her because we're going to have her back later in the series uh, that she'll let us get a word in edgeways so (laughs) that would be be quite (laughs) that would be quite nice too Um, but but what stood out for you joe what 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 points stood out for you from what sarah was talking about
1: the guidance she gave on working out who your client avatar or your target client or the people or the person avatar there are so many different ways of describing it but ultimately it's about who do you serve and very interestingly for me a lot of people will tell you that it's you 6, 12, 18 months, two years ago but actually Learning from Sarah, it's not, because I don't, I don't want to work with VAs per se. Um, I want to be working with a particular target market. And so her advice and guidance on working that out was really, really useful. Yeah,
0: I, I've done quite a few things with Sarah around who my client avatar is. And um, in, there's, there's a, we, we did a great exercise about need, needs, likes and wants So what does your ideal client need, Uh, what would they like, and what do they want? So they need maybe to be in control of their day. Um, They would like to not have to think about being in control of their day. And they actually really want to be able to take the day off and go shopping. So, uh, I mean, that's a really extreme sample but it's about honing in and working out who they are, describing them exactly. How old are they? Have they got children? Have they got people to look after? All of those kind of things. And once you've got a picture and even a name, so I have three client avatars from when I had the IT training surgery for my client business. Uh, I had Stacy, uh, Wendy and Lisa. And they yeah. were my client avatars. And each one of those was a different kind of assistant. So I had a, a, a VA, a, an executive assistant, and a PA. And I had an IT. Wendy was the IT director because, as a training company, I wanted to talk to the IT director because I wanted her to bring me in to train her staff. So it's really important to, to get that kind of demographic of, of who you want to talk to right because everything else that you do content wise flows from that because yeah. then you know who you're talking to so finding the right language is much 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 easier and sarah has been very generous and given us uh, a couple of links to a couple of her products so on the web page for today's episode you will find a link to the 30 day blogging challenge and we touched on it in the interview the 30 day blogging challenge I've done it twice. Um, It's a brilliant challenge. You get your hand held all the way through the 30 days. You write a blog a day, and you might think that's a lot, uh, and it does seem a bit overwhelming when you get started, but you're given pointers, you're given titles, you're given topics, you're guided all the way, the different kinds of blog posts to write, because it's not just regurgitating information. And if you haven't even got your blog set up on your WordPress site, you're even guided how to do that. So that's, that's one thing. And Sarah and her husband, Kevin, are the Arrows, Sarah and Kevin Arrow. Their website is Content Nitro. And they have a fantastic course about finding you out who your client avatar is, um, which I would highly recommend because I think I was the guinea pig for that course. So, um, you know, there's a link to that as well on the webpage, so do hop over and take a look at those and um and sign up for them because it's it's really great learning uh, and and it won't go to waste so uh, i think i think that would be a great thing to do so do you think you might be signing up for either of those joe um
1: i think the the blogging challenge um it is one that really really interests me um the reason being I have to improve my content marketing and blogging is a great place to start. So
0: um, I think what I'll do is I'll wait till I've had my holiday where I can actually
1: do the 30 days without wanting to leave my laptop at home. Um,
0: And then I'll look at signing that up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great idea. As I said, I've been through it twice and the great thing about it is if you're just starting off with a blog, you end up with a nice body of content on your website. And the more content you have and the more you update your website, the better Google loves you. Um, yeah. Google doesn't like static pages. If it doesn't see things changing on a regular basis, it thinks that it's not worth ranking your website very much. So the more um, the more blog posts you put out and the more you get visitors to go and look because you share them all over the place, then the more google loves you so i think it's uh, it's that's a, it's a great thing to do and as i said i've done it twice so um the first one you know i did the first 30 days and then i went through it again i had a brand change uh, and i just needed to kick start myself mm. uh, and it was great great for that and and the thing about blogging is it gives you an opportunity also to demonstrate your expertise uh, and also to show your prospective clients why they should work with you. So you could, you could write a case study or you could talk about a hypothetical situation or a problem that you've solved. Uh, and that showcases your skills as well. So I think, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's great. I wish I had more time to actually sit and blog. Um, yep. I think if I stopped training, I'd just blog all day. So that's probably what I'd do. I quite like writing. But anyhow so thank you very much for listening listeners once again we've had a jam-packed episode and uh, joe and i both have things to do that we're going to take away from that so if you want to get in touch with us it's shelley at tomorrowsva.com as ever joe at solutions.co.uk. at virtually amazing is the facebook page tomorrowsva.com podcast episodes is where you'll find the podcast and on tomorrow's VA is also the blog, which has got quite a lot of content and lots of how-to articles there, too. So without any further ado, I think we're going to wrap up for today. So um, what are you going to do for the rest of the day, Jo?
1: Oh, for the rest of the day, um, I have some client work to do and I have um, some tech tweaks for my own um, business that i want to attend to and um i've got an overflowing email inbox so Mm. all needing attention yeah that sounds
0: like a busy afternoon i'm going to go and have lunch now uh, and then i'm going to come back and carry on planning my next course which is just at the design stage so that's what i'm going to be doing and uh, it's going to be a good one see you soon You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelly Fishel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.